This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Uh, two days now. Two days. No wallet. Two days. I know you know who you are. I know it's somewhere. My name and address is in the wallet. Here's the big mistake I made, and I'll never make it again. And I apologize in advance to every uh, parking car valet, uh, bathroom attendant. Uh, who else do you tip with cash? Uh, the guys at the hotel. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not going to walk around with cash. Here's what happened. I usually don't carry around much cash at all. I mean, I, I buy a pack of gum with a credit card. It's just, I, it's, it's, that's what I do. And you get the points or whatever. I wasn't, I didn't intend that, but whatever. Um, and cash is messy and you, you make change and then you got all this stuff all over the place. So I've been basically cashless until last week. For whatever reason, I had 200 bucks in my pocket in my wallet and, uh, the wallet went missing. The wallet, I was going through a security gate and they wanted to uh, magnetize me. There was a small distraction. I don't know if this is coordinated or what, if this was a very sophisticated pick up, uh, uh, pickpocket operation. Something happened. Anyway, I don't have my wallet anymore and I think I've made it morally difficult for those who have the wallet because, uh, well – are they going to return it without the cash in it? Now, I know you hear about this stuff happening all the time. They return it with every bit in there. Uh, no, you make it harder for them because I, I just – I think you don't walk around with the cash and you're more likely to get your wallet back. Oh, I should stick one of those new GPS things. Apple has them. You put a little thing in there. It's the size of a quarter and you can find your wallet. You can find anything. It's it's like a homing device from Mission Impossible. So that's, I'm sorry, that's on my mind. Um, and what's not on my mind, the mainstream media desperately wants you focused on it, is the uh, January 6th nonsense. I will skip it for the time being. I want to play for you a commercial that I saw over the weekend. Um, I was actually on CNN. And it looks like one of those standard commercials you see a million times, somebody talking about some health plan. But then, wait a second. I listened to it. Like, what did this guy just say? What are they talking about? They actually said it out loud. Now, none of this would have happened if it weren't for Black Lives Matter summer and the riots and all that crap that the mainstream media told us were peaceful protests. And, oh, by the way, people are dying from the mainstream media's lies about last summer, about George Floyd, about the police. Uh, we have 2,000 more murder victims in 2020 than in the prior year directly related to the stigmatization, the attempted cancellation of the police, the glorification of criminals, um, mass incarceration, anything to do with law enforcement, the criminal justice system. It's all systemically racist, right? Can't trust it. Anyway, you know and I know enforcement went way down last year. We're still dealing with that. People, um, and by the way, disproportionately, this affects people of color. Primarily black men are being killed, and they'd be alive right now if it weren't for Black Lives Matter summer. And we wouldn't be seeing crap like this on TV. Now, this is – have you ever heard of Oscar Health? It's an HMO, one of those things. I have no idea what's going on with health insurance, none whatsoever. I can't follow it. I don't want to follow it. But uh, here we go. Uh, this is the Oscar Health commercial. It's a nice-looking guy with this kid. 
And uh, so listen to this. You okay? It hurts. Be careful, all right? No, it really hurts. When you go to the doctor and they don't believe you're in pain because of the color of your skin. (laughs) Why is that still happening? I don't want him growing up having to deal with that crap. But with Oscar, he won't have to. They pair us with doctors who believe us when we say, Ouch! Oh, boy. With Oscar, a dedicated care team helps you find doctors you can trust. Hey, now doctors are racist. Doctors are racist. The color of my skin. They don't believe me because of the color of my skin. What century, what continent is this guy thinking about? Now, that's Oscar Health. And before last year, you put an ad like this in some focus group, uh, they would kill it. They would say, no way. What are you talking about? You can't say this about doctors, physicians. They don't believe you. Where's the study? Where are the numbers to back up that kind of stuff? They don't have it. This kind, These kinds of lies, though, they put people at each other's throats. You probably have sensed it. It's in the air. There is a tension between people who don't look like each other. I hate that phrase, but everybody says it. I want somebody who looks like me. I want a political figure who looks like me. Nobody looks like anybody. What they're getting at is the same race. I don't care. I guess by that standard, Barack Obama didn't look like me in 2008 when I made the big mistake of voting for that guy. Thanks a lot, John McCain and Sarah Palin. Anyway, that's something else. Um, This is real. This is happening. And it is utterly insane and very sad and totally, totally avoidable. When Donald Trump called the media the enemy of the people and everybody, they're all still flabbergasted by that, by the way. How could he say anything like that? Um, It is so true because the media, again, they glorified the riots and they minimized police. They lied about police, actually, that black men actually are threatened Somehow the greatest threat to black lives is the police? No. The greatest benefit to black lives probably is the police. It's amazing. You can go to the NYPD right now. They're, they're, they have a most wanted channel on Twitter and look through it. Okay? This is eight years. De Blasio campaigned on the, uh, the, the, the fallacy the fantasy that the police department was uh, was racist and he was going to change all of that. And he was able to convince just a sliver of the population. I'm talking a sliver in a town of eight million people. He got like it's it, it takes like 70,000 people to make a big difference, a big difference in the Democrat primary. I'll talk about that most wanted list uh, a little bit later. All right. I do have to get through this. The uh, the January 6th committee. Here is uh, Trump hater, uh, daughter of Dick Cheney, possibly the worst uh, vice president in the history of the world, brought us the Iraq War. How many people died in that? How many people died on January 6th? One. Her name was Ashley Babbitt. But anyway, here she is uh, last night. Why do they have this thing last night? Ah, it's been pointed out. They want to change the subject desperately. But all right, Liz Cheney, what now? One text Mr. Meadows received said, quote, we are under siege here at the Capitol. Another, quote, they have breached the Capitol. In a third, Mark, 
Protesters are literally storming the Capitol, breaking windows on doors, rushing in. Is Trump going to say something? A fourth, there's an armed standoff at the House chamber door. And another from someone inside the Capitol. We are all helpless. Dozens of texts, including from Trump administration officials, urged immediate action by the president. Quote, POTUS has to come out firmly and tell the protesters to dissipate. Someone is going to get killed. In another, Mark, he needs to stop this now. A third, in all caps, tell them to go home. Okay. A fourth. It goes on like this. And by the way, this is all what they say in law enforcement circles, exculpatory for President Trump. The whole idea, his loyal lieutenants are pleading with him to say something about the violence that is happening on Capitol Hill, which, by the way, it's not clear to everybody that it's violent at this point. If you're watching cable news on January 6th, you can't actually see the violence. It's interesting. I'll break that down on on tonight's show. All that stuff, the gruesome stuff, the copy and hit with the with the flagpole and all that stuff, that didn't come out until days later. We had just a live camera set on the Capitol Hill with a bunch of people milling around, and you had the fake news suspiciously, in my opinion, going totally ape about this. What are they doing there? How can they just be standing there? What are they doing at the Capitol? Like, what do they know? What 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 are they in on? Because what I saw looked pretty good. But... President Trump did call for peace. They leave that part out. This is a beautiful message before, quite frankly, it was fully known what was happening inside. President Trump said this and he put it on social media. I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Beautiful message. And only the corrupt fake news and left-wing lunatics on Capitol Hill could say that message was somehow provocative, somehow instigating anything. It was delivered. It was timely. It was perfect. I'll be right back. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. That is 100% on target. The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, can somebody tell Governor, what's her name again? Hochul, Kath, Kathleen Hochul, 
that she's not there because of her talent or her ability. She is a, uh, a she's a clerk from Nowheresville, somewhere deep upstate. One term, one term, two years in the House of Representatives, and that was it. And now she seems to think that she's the emperor of New York. Another ludicrous mask mandate. You must, I guess I'm in violation right now. Are we all right here not wearing a mask? I'm not wearing a mask. The only place I'm going to wear a mask is on the subway. And quite frankly, I'm not even taking the subway as much as I used to. So that's it for me and masks. I don't care what Kathy Hochul says. And here's the deal, Kathy you're not governor, again, because of your ability, insight, uh, resume, nothing like that. If I know Andrew Cuomo like I know Andrew Cuomo and a lot of governors, and you got picked because you're a non-entity, all right? They picked you because you had no political uh, clout of your own because uh, they didn't want a strong number two. That's generally, unfortunately, how it works. It's kind of human nature. Um, it goes against the common sense. But you were picked because, I don't know, you look good in a skirt, whatever. She does spend a lot of time in that beauty parlor, a lot of time in that beauty parlor. But she's walking around like she's the emperor of New York. I don't think she's got a chance at reelection, do you, or electing, getting her elected. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's looking very good. For our Republican friends, uh, Rob Astorino, Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani. Um, no, she's drunk on power, and I see her already. She wears that same silly uh, emergency coat, you know, that they wear to the press conferences. I'm in charge. Here I am. Put me on. The- she wants what Andrew Cuomo had back in uh, the spring of 2020. Remember that? You know, all that coverage. Well, look, I'm the governor. I got to do something. No, you don't. Just get the hell out of our way. Government's making the matter worse. All right. And by the way, do we have that Fauci stuff ready? Let me know when that Fauci stuff is ready. Uh, I saw this clip of him basically saying that vaccines can make matters worse. No wonder why um, this guy. Well, he just should go away, quite frankly, because even as a public health spokesperson, if that's all he did. He confuses the issue all the time. The only reason why we still hear from him is because he gave Donald Trump a hard time. He would laugh at him, literally laugh at him behind his back. Even though Trump was right, Trump could see right through this guy. And Trump did that all the time, by the way. He did it all the time. He knew he did not become president so he could listen to so he could listen to um, bureaucrats. He became president to lead. And he did. All right. We have now listen to this. This is Fauci with Mark Zuckerberg, of all people, from Facebook in spring 2020. We don't yet have the vaccine. But remember, Fauci doesn't like any idea, any development that's not his. He's always downplaying it if it comes from somebody else. Well, really, what we have to understand is this is not a significant development. Only he comes up with a significant development. Okay, hit it. The Facebook guy and Dr. Fauci, March 2020. Would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. There was the history of the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in children, which paradoxically made the children worse. One of the HIV vaccines that we tested several years ago actually made individuals more likely 
to get infected. Actually made individuals more likely to get infected. This is, again, if he wants to uh, really shape how people behave, he's got to shut up and go away. Um, because he contradicts himself all the time. And he thinks we're not going to... Re- he has no respect for us. I think that's part of the problem. He just doesn't uh, respect us. And, uh, well, it's uh, it's mutual. It's mutual, Dr. Fauci. Uh, one other thing about uh, Chris Wallace. He's gone, and uh, nothing anybody can do about that. And that's good. He should be gone into the obscurity of CNN+. Plus. I noticed when he was leaving. Now, remember my big beef with Chris Wallace, in addition to being just a nasty, namby-pamby, jerky kind of guy, is he colluded with Democrats to protect Joe Biden and try to trip up Trump at the debate that he moderated. It was a total disaster. This guy should have been fired the very next day, just like Candy Crowley should have been fired by CNN back in 2012 when she fake fact-checked Mitt Romney, and Mitt Romney did not have the guts to push back. But anyway, uh, this is Chris Wallace on his sign-off. Listen to what he says. It's kind of interesting about the bosses here. We have this. I I, I heard something else in here that I want to uh, that I want you to react to. Cut twenty-four. Finally, a personal note. After eighteen years, this is my final Fox News Sunday. It is the last time, and I say this with real sadness, we will meet like this. Eighteen years ago, the bosses here at Fox promised me they would never interfere with a guest I booked or a question I asked, and they kept that promise. I have been free to report to the best of my ability. The bosses, first of all, the bosses that hired this guy are dead and gone, literally dead and buried. New generation, they they just did not know how to stand up to this twerp. It's easy to stand up to a twerp, especially a guy like this. You know what's fascinating to me? This guy has gotten, let's see, 18 years. From what I know about the television news business, he made he made probably $2.5 million a year. $2.5 million over uh, 18 years is uh, $40 million. You think he would thank those bosses or thank anybody? Cut 25. After 18 years, I have decided to leave Fox. I want to try something new to go beyond politics to all the things I'm interested in. I'm ready for a new adventure, and I hope you'll check it out. And so, for the last time, dear friends, that's it for today. Have a great week, and I hope you'll keep watching Fox News Sunday. He didn't have any friends, in the audience at least. I assume he had some friends at work. He didn't thank any of them. He didn't thank one person. 18 years, $40 million later, you think he might have thanked the Murdochs? He might have thanked his producer, thanked somebody? He didn't. Now, the guy who had that job, the Fox News Sunday job before Chris Wallace, was a great man named Tony Snow. I considered him a personal friend of mine. Tony was on that show for eight years or so. They pushed him out, uh, but God had something even bigger and better in store for him. White House press secretary. He was White House press secretary from uh, 07 to 08. He did a spectacular job. Now, Tony, by the way, died of cancer uh, shortly after that 10-year stint as White House press secretary. He had to leave for health reasons. He had the job for about a year, and here he is on his last day, a job he held for a year, thanking more people. Well, thanking if one person is more people than Chris Wells. More, but listen to how he thanks everybody. 
one year, including, by the way, people who worked at Fox. Cut 35. Scott was just could not have been classier or more helpful. I want to thank him and thank everybody here in the press office. Dana Perino, Tony Fratto, Scott Stanzel, Emily Larimore, Josh Deckard, Carlton Carroll, Ryan Graham, Pete Seat, Stuart Siciliano, Rachel Williams, Lois Cassano, who did my makeup on Fox News Sunday for many years before I came here. I want to thank all the stenos. All the stenos. The, he thanked everybody. A job he had one year. He's thanking left and right. Beautiful, beautiful. And selfish Chris Wallace takes his $30 million and, well, you know, I'm looking for a new adventure over there at the fake news CNN. Good luck, Chris. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay, a call or two, shall we? Uh, George in Staten Island. Hey, Greg. Sir. I'm glad Chris is gone. You know why? Because in the 2020 debate, he asked uh, if Trump would denounce racism. But in 2017, if he was of any kind of report or journalist, he would have had the actual speech where he denounced white supremacist Nazis and every other hate group. You're talking about and the Charlottesville lie, the Charlottesville lie. Right. They, yeah, they, they, they right. say, yeah, he did. President Trump did that. It was on YouTube for three years, and it kept it keep kept lying, kept lying, these guys. It's amazing. They have to keep fearing them. Yeah. They even, it even makes its way into books. Historians someday are going to be, they're going to look at the fake news, and they're going to agree with President Trump about the enemy of the people. You bring up a great point. In the aftermath of Charlottesville, President Trump said out loud that white supremacists and neo-Nazis are to be condemned totally. He said it as clear as a bell, and they pretend it didn't happen. Historians will have access to YouTube, by the way. Historians will have access to all of it. Thank you, George. Kathy, uh, where are you? I'm here. Yeah, but where? Oh, I'm in, I, I'm in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Ah, all right. Hi. Central Jersey. Um, Mr. Kelly, I don't know if you're familiar with the St. Anthony. He's the saint of finding lost items. Yeah. And I have a little prayer, and believe me, I had lost very important papers, and I just pray to him and pray to him when something, it's not only your wallet or something, you know, if you lose something like papers or something very important, a book, I have a little prayer, and I want you to, you know, when you have quiet time and you're alone, and just before I give it to you, just remember, there was a reason why this happened with the wallet. There was a reason for it for what happened, that the loss of your wallet. But the little prayer goes like this. It's called, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, please come down. Something's been lost and must be found. Say that, Greg, when you have time and it's quiet time. Well, why don't I do it right now? I mean, you just said it for me. St. Anthony, St. Anthony, how does it go? Please come down. Please come down. Something's been lost Something's and been must lost be found. And must be found. All right, I can remember that. Yeah, uh, and, but and you know what? I have to tell you. Yes. My missing wallet does feel a little bit trivial compared See? to all the things I could be praying about, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. But I, and, and I understand your license and wallet and all that. That, that is really bad. But no, it's not bad. I mean, it's all replaceable. I already have a temporary license. I can always, Okay, you know, great. Well, that's good. See, it's working already. The but thing that bothers me is the wallet was a 
present from my baby on the first Father's Day. I don't、oh, know how、okay. she got herself at five months old、oh. to the store and bought me one, but anyway, it's so beautiful. So,、uh, but I have a feeling you may be right about the larger. There may have been another reason, and、there、I'm was, still there is a reason for yeah, it, and, and it'll come, and, and the answer will come, and、oh. it will come. No, I'm connecting the dots already, actually. Right?、Uh, see, that's your faith. That's your faith. You see, see. That that's working, and as long as you keep praying, and 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 when you just feel something isn't right, just turn to any type of prayer or passage in the Bible, and and it'll it'll get you through it. It'll get you through it. No,、uh, you're right, Kathy. And、uh, my message also to Irene and Stella out there, who I know they're kind of along with me on the faith journey. You get into that book, and magic、yes. starts to happen. I know we're not supposed to call it magic. No, it's、uh, not. It, it's, it's not it's, magic. It's faith. It's God. It's but、yes. it actually works. And the fact that, and I, I kick myself. I am amazed at myself for so long. I would be engaged in the most trivial of pursuits, spending ninety nine percent of my time on stuff that isn't important, and one percent、right. on that. You know, you want to. We all want to reverse that. Right, and you, and you know what? And now with the new baby and your family. You're going to see how it's going to come. Life is going to change. You're right, exactly. With your faith, it'll be very, very well. That that faith, just hold that on and just keep believing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's beautiful. Thank you, Kathy, very, very much. To be continued, and I shall return momentarily. This is Greg Kelly on seventy-seven WABC. This is why you elect a president. Again, not to just listen to the bureaucrats. Oh, Doctor Fauci told me to do it this way. The guy from the CDC, AFL, CIO, MDSQ said, "Do it that way." So, what am I supposed to do? Trump comes in there and says, "You know what? We're going to do it this way." No, you're wrong. You are wrong, Doctor. Get out of here. That does it. Doesn't work that way. Now, why would you listen to Trump and not the scientists?、Um, There's a real-world component to this stuff that those scientists, many of whom are more bureaucrats than scientists, that's you, Fauci, definitely more bureaucrat than scientist. Everybody forgets that they think he's in the lab all day long. No, he's in the office. <laughs> he's on Capitol Hill all day long. So I'm not dwelling on Chris Wallace here, but this is a question that he asked in the 2020 debate about the vaccine. Uh, you know, Mr. President, all your scientists say no way will the vaccine be available. Listen to the question again. This is in the fall of 2020. I got my vaccine shot, by the way. I think in April. That would be the spring of 2021.、Uh, cut 36, please. Listen, listen to how Trump handles it. President Trump, you have repeatedly. Either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused and mistaken. Those were your two words.、Yeah. But Dr. Slawi, the head of your Operation Warp Speed. Has said exactly the same thing. Are they both wrong? Well, I've spoken to the companies, and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing because people like this would rather make it political than save lives.、Uh, <laughs> people like this, and he motions to Biden, and Biden's got a big, stupid grin on his face. <laughs> Just what skill does he have? And he's right. Political games. All kinds of political games. The swamp did not want that vaccine before election day. They didn't. They were actually okay with people dying. Yes. Even that. What's his name? Vivek. 
Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General of the United States of America, came out during the campaign, what a dirty snake this is, and publicly said it's dangerous for President Trump to be pushing for the vaccine. It's dangerous. Wow. What is it about Trump that really well, – how do they get under their skin so bad? Possibly because, you know, one of the things that really – got Republicans. I'm talking about powerful Republicans upset. When he came out, uh, he was against the Iraq war. And it was an issue that a lot of Republicans felt vulnerable about. You know, they they liked the Bushes. They were they already endorsed Jeb Bush. Now, after Iraq, Jeb should have been totally ineligible. Any anybody who knew George W. Bush should have been ineligible for dog catcher. Right. Weapons of mass destruction. That's why we got to invade Iraq. And there were no weapons of mass destruction. And Trump had the uh, the boldness and the clarity to say that was a big, fat mistake that made us all less safe. And it did. It did. A great, big, fat waste of time. So uh, let's see if there's anything else I got to go over before the break. Not really. Oh, if you have any clues on how one thing about having a second child is I'm not getting as much sleep. And it's not because the kids are waking me up. I just feel like there's more on the line and I can't uh, I can't unwind. And I sit there and I think and I go over my bills in my head. And, you know, you worry about this stuff. So um, I'm not falling asleep until midnight. A good night's sleep is like a miracle. It always feels great. But I want to I want to go down at 10 o'clock. I used to have a trick to fall asleep. I'll tell you about it when we come back. It worked very, very well until, uh, well, maybe I haven't been trying it enough. It works. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. So on this day in history, um, O'Reilly likes to do this, but I always keep – I always know about the Apollo missions. Apollo 17. On this very day, uh, they launched from the moon to come home. They came back from the moon on this day in 1972, almost 50 years ago. Isn't that insane? We haven't been on the moon in 50 years. Now, I think we're going to be going back in about three or four years. That'll be nice. We should have kept going. We should have built on the momentum. In a weird way, though, for the astronauts who actually uh, walk there, and yesterday I think I said three are alive. I think it's four. Let's see. Buzz Aldrin is still alive. Uh, a guy named Dave Scott walked on the moon. He's still alive. Charlie Duke, he's still alive. And Harrison Jack Schmidt. That's four out of 12. They've been to the moon, and they walk there. And if they walk down the street, you wouldn't know one of them. Well, you probably know Buzz, Buzz Aldrin, because he's wearing a jacket that says, I walked on the moon. <laughs> he's always got this paraphernalia on, and good for him. But the other guys just blend into the crowd. So uh, it's just amazing. And I vaguely, vaguely, vaguely remember this. I think I was three or something at the time, and uh, I vaguely remember this mission. And I think it's I just I'm just in awe that we were on the moon. It's also disappointing that we haven't been back. Now, look, I want one more thing on this. So 1972, 40, let's say it's 50 years ago, all right, 50 years later. What can we do? We can't go to the moon. Uh, if you want to fly to Europe, you do it on a jet, most likely the 787, which is like 10% more fuel efficient than the 747. That came out when? In 1969. I mean, what I'm trying to say here is, in many ways, we've stepped backwards, technologically speaking. Uh, 
You compare where we were during the Apollo program, 1969 and 1972, actually 68 to 72, uh, where we were. Well, 50 years prior to that, we had like little uh, propeller planes that could go about 50 miles. We didn't have anything. I mean, and look at where we went in those 50 years and where have we been in the in the, the this most recent 50 years? Not very far. I used to have to call the uh, – you used to call the airline to book a flight. Now you can book it on your phone. So what? I just – I'm not that excited by the technology. We should have been on the moon. We should have colonized. We should be on Mars by now. I know those space probes are doing pretty interesting things. And that is cool. Hell, they can catch an asteroid. We've been to uh, Pluto. Well, we flew by it. And we got the Voyager out there somewhere in deep space now uh, looking for extraterrestrial life. It, it's it's going to be 10,000 years before they find anything, if they find anything. Oh, so here's the Apollo 17. This is the – very few people have seen this actually. And you're not going to see it now, but you're going to hear it. Everybody has seen those rockets go off, right? Big Saturn V rocket. It's very, very cool. But what about the little capsule when it's on the surface of the moon? How does it get back? Well, remember, it leaves the bottom state. Well, it's kind of hard to explain, but, uh, you know, it's got that part with the gold aluminum foil and the legs, and it's got that little silver boxy type thing on top. Well, the silver boxy type thing launches from the moon and here it is. Go ahead. Four days. Okay, I'm going to get the pro. 99, proceeded. Three, two, one. Ignition. Right away, Houston. That's your good. Excellent. Good shoulder. Right here you have good thrust. you got to look this up. i got to put this on my... Uh, all right, ow, 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 all right. Houston, we got a problem there with the static. Uh, it's it's just so incredible. It's it's so beautiful that we did that. It's actually very cool that I met the guy who was in the spaceship there, uh, Jack Schmidt. We talked about him yesterday. Became a senator from New Mexico. Three and a half years later, you know John Glenn. Everybody thinks John Glenn. It took John Glenn a long time to get his act together politically. Uh, he made a splash. What nineteen sixty two? Only went to space once. When he was a real astronaut, then he went back, some sort of sweetheart deal with the Clintons, uh, whatever. And then he didn't get to the Senate until 1974. This guy, Jack Schmidt, wow, uh, walked on the moon, elected to the U.S. Senate by the age of 39. Is that incredible or what? The next generation. It's just, uh, uh, what do you mean? The greatest generation. Is that the greatest generation, though? You know, Tom Brokaw came up with that term, the greatest generation. And he writes about all the guys who fought World War II. Now, they were great. But, you know, a lot of guys uh, went to war in Vietnam and Korea, too, especially Vietnam. That was a pretty great generation as well. Tom didn't manage to get himself over to Vietnam. And that's okay. I actually like Tom Brokaw. I've seen him around. Um, all right. Now, I uh, one other thing. All the stuff from January 6th is exculpatory once again. The big news now is Donald Trump uh, was on the verge of ordering the National Guard into the Capitol area, although he didn't have the authority, to protect Trump supporters. I think he said as much to Bill O'Reilly. Trump is always damned. Damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. 
They're just out to get him. They're asking all the wrong questions at this silly January 6th hearing. I'm listening. I'm looking at Liz Cheney again right now. Boy, oh boy. Kind of sloppy, by the way. Sorry, but she's kind of sloppy. Um, a Republican, she's doing this, I think, because Trump embarrassed the Cheneys and embarrassed the Bushes, and they don't want him coming back. But the real questions here are not, um, what did Mark Meadows uh, say in a text on January 6th? It's, uh, <clears throat> why did the cops let him in? Why did the cops step aside and let the Trump supporters in? Uh, why was Ashley Babbitt shot? Uh, why were the barricades removed? Who was the guy? Ray Epps. What was he doing there? What was he whispering? He seemed to be inciting the whole event, yet he's living his life. The FBI, they, they want nothing to do with him. Very selective, incredibly selective, and dishonest. Very dishonest. Real quick, Steve in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Hello. Hello. Hello, Greg. Yeah. Okay. Before I get to my main point, the person who stole Greg's wallet, I despise you, and you're a thief. Well, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, I did lose it. I mean, it was on. I mean, I don't think I left it somewhere. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm upset that no one's returned it because my name and address right. are all over the wallet. So I don't want to say anybody. That's what right. makes him a thief, man. Uh, uh, okay. Well, well, all right. Uh, main point, main point, ready? Okay. Uh, the the demise of the formerly, the downfall of the formerly fair and balanced n- network. Of course, I'm talking about Fox, okay? Uh, it be, as far as I'm concerned, it be, they violated a rule that the, rate, the late Rush Limbaugh used to say, don't take your audience for granted. It began when they hired that guy, Mr. X Fox News Sunday, a.k.a. Chris Wallace. It began when they hired him. I don't By think way, it began then. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're on to something, but it didn't begin when they hired him. They hired him in 2003, and Roger Ailes right. was running the show in 2003 and knew how to keep that guy in line. Uh, after Roger left, I don't think they knew how to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what anybody believes over there now. I don't know. I know some people are true believers. Others, they don't know what the hell they're doing. So, uh, it didn't start in 2003. And by the way, that's about the time they hired me. <laughs> so what else? <laughs> okay. Uh, over the year, what happened over the years? Okay. They're downfall again, how they sold their audience out. They brought on a lot of pretty boys and pretty girls as I saw it who just knew how to push a narrative, read off a teleprompter and push a narrative. They were paying people to push a narrative, culminating in the COVID-19 virus hysteria. Greg, I have been all over this since since early April of 2020. The numbers were never really there. Yes, the virus was real. Yes, it killed people. This has always been a low-impact virus. We've been played for fools. And I'll give you a good example when, when I bet. Here, here's when I bailed on him in early April 2020. The host, who I won't name because... No, go ahead and name it. I want to hear the name. Kill Mead was interviewing, uh, what's his name there? Uh, for, uh, Bill Bennett, former education secretary, early April 2020. Now, number uh, one, I, I like Kill Mead. And by the way, I think he's been pretty good on all this stuff. I don't think Kill Mead, oh. you're not saying Kill Mead sold anybody out, are you? No, 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 no. But he, he was going, look, he, they were going with the narrative. Here's what I mean. Bennett said to him at this point in, during the interview, he said, Bill, remember, he, former education secretary, Ronald Reagan. I know who he is. You don't know. Okay, Bill, Bill Bennett said, I can't understand, uh, I, I, I'm paraphrasing, why everybody's going so crazy. At that point, 
98% of the people, and this has never changed, Greg, 98% of the people who contracted the virus were surviving it. He's saying, why are we going, why are we shutting down? Why are we locking down? The camera panned back to Kilmeade. It looked to me like he had a hard time keeping his jaw from dropping. It looked to me, again, I'm reading into it, of course, but it looked to me like nobody had pre-screened Bennett to see if he was going along with the narrative. See, that's what I mean, Greg. They were paying people going along with the narrative to push the virus hysteria. If I, well, I was tuning into Fox News. All right, I get, I get, I get the picture. I get the picture. I mean, look, uh, narrative, by the way, is a bad word, and it should be abolished from all newsrooms. And you're right. You're pushing. Well, I'm not. Look, I don't watch Fox as closely as you do, but narrative is a story, and it's an agreed upon story. And it has to have right. a beginning, middle, and an end in certain characters. Journalism wasn't really about that for a long time. It was just a bunch of stuff happened, and you tried to report it. Now, right. narrative, if it fits the narrative, it's included. If it doesn't fit the narrative, the pre-approved storyline, it's omitted. And anybody really should say, go to hell with your narrative. And, and the fake yes. news, they love it. All right, one other thing. What do you do for a living, pal? I'm an attorney. Don't hold that against me, okay? <laughs> You charge by the hour? How does it work? Seriously. <laughs> yes, it's charged by the hour. But wait, I want to ask you a question. All right, wait. what? Okay. You're about 53. As a, hey, that's right? my business. What the hell? Come on. What the, What does it's that too, have to do with anything? I don't like talking about my age. You have two small daughters. Did you ever think, going back years, that you'd have two small daughters at this point in your life? I'm curious. I don't know if you've seen me on Instagram lately, but I look great. I mean, really, I, I, I look and feel the best I've ever felt. So, But look, I'm very, very happy about those uh, little girls. Very happy indeed, my wife and these two little beautiful girls. And uh, it is it is amazing. And quite frankly, I always knew I'd have kids. I just knew in my gut that it would happen someday. And I'm glad I have been so blessed. Thank you, Steve, very, very much. Yeah, I just had a sense that it was going to happen. I wasn't freaked out. And oh, by the way, good for me, though, and I guess this is an unfair thing, but... Guys, we don't have that old biological clock, do we? Right? I mean, we don't. We don't have to worry about those things. Uh, women do, and that's uh, that's. T- and by the way, women, you know, there are a lot of toxic bachelors out there, and the culture that we. And by the way, I was one of them. I was, and uh, the culture that we live in encourages that. And I wish I could go back and. Uh, Well, look, I'm glad everything worked out the way it did, and I had to learn some lessons along the way. But um, I worry about my daughters, who they're going to meet, what kind of guys, what kind of world is it going to be. Hey, the world is corrupt. It always has been. It always will be. It's not perfect. You want perfection, I told you where to look. You know and I know, all right? It's It's all in that big, beautiful book known as the Bible. Uh, John in Park Ridge, New Jersey, sir. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good. Uh, I just thought I, I was reading an article about the bar bar owner that died in uh, in Manhattan. the Lower East Side. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. What'd you think yeah. of that piece? Well, I was curious that she just died, no cause of death, yeah. no fight with an illness, and I read a story like that almost every day. Forty something, fifty something year old. Did you notice anything died. about the picture? Her picture? She didn't look that healthy, you know. Yeah, but they, but nobody ever gives a cause of death. Is it's it's happening? I see it all the time, and I I know people that their neighbor, forty something years old, worked out all the time, got the vaccine. 
three days later, dropped dead. You never mentioned. They never mentioned anything about that. Something tells me and, she and, wasn't she wasn't the vaccination type. There's something about that. But look, I'm guessing. I, I don't I know. I just find it curious, though, that I, I find yeah. it curious that all these people are just dying in their 40s and 50s with no cause of death, haven't been sick. You know, in the next story, you see battled cancer for two years. And then you can understand. But yeah, yeah. a lot of stories like this. No, and I know a lot of people that their neighbor died just after week after they got the vaccination. Well, look. Three years ago this week, I uh, I lost a friend of mine. He was 52 and just dropped dead. So it happened before the vaccine. These things do happen. I never really did figure out the cause of death there. These things happen. Yeah, did have a- but I did notice that story. You can check it out. It seemed like a really nice woman. She uh, ran a bar called the International Bar yeah. downtown Manhattan. And uh, we're sorry to see her go. Also, what? Can I, can I say one other thing? Yeah. It, congratulations on on on, uh, on the, the new baby, and uh, I'm an old father myself. I'm 57 with a seven year old. It's the best thing I ever did. It's exhausting. I don't recommend it, but it is a great thing, right? Yeah, no, it is, and actually, it's an it's it's a motivator for me to keep the weight off and to get in shape because I want to be me too agile, and you know, I mean, it's time You're to right. get up and take care of that baby again. You don't want to get Definitely. up sometimes. Yeah, you got to keep. Uh, all right, Definitely. John. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was sad about that uh, bartender. And, um, hey, life expectancy in America is going down, and it was going down even before the pandemic. And that is really, really sad. And one thing that led to it, drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol addiction. And there's one thing the fake news started to do a little bit better, and they did it right after I called them out. It was a little over a year ago. And Hoda and Kathy Lee, and then it was Jenna Bush, would sit there at 9 in the morning drinking white wine. Isn't that fun? Just girls drinking some wine. It's Wines Day, and every day was Wines Day. Guess what? That's a lot of people um, see that and think it's somehow socially acceptable to drink in the morning. It's not. It's a deadly recipe. Believe me. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, that Ducey guy is asking Jen Psaki questions. I love this. Go ahead. There are about a dozen who want to leave right now. Is this something the president works on every day? Certainly he receives regular updates from his team, and we, uh, the State Department uh, and other national security officials really, really lead this effort. I would just reiterate that the United States does not track or put a tracker on American citizens traveling overseas, uh, whether they're in Afghanistan or any country around the world. That would be quite a Fox News story, wouldn't it be, if we did that? We don't do that. But we do provide a range of services, even when we don't have a presence in a country. And our efforts to get American citizens out of Afghanistan, many of them dual citizens, many of them have lived their whole lives there since that time is evidence of that. Thank you. And then following up on something that you said yesterday, when you say that we've seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic, there are a range of reasons for that. Would you consider one of the reasons in the range prosecutors who are cutting people who are accused of many criminal offenses loose too quickly? I, again, I am not, as I, as I wasn't yesterday, going to give an assessment for every, uh, every, in, every motivation or reason for crime in different communities across the country. What I've noted, which you see in data, is that there has been an increase in crime since the start of the pandemic. I will let others assess what the reason for that increase in crime is. Uh, that is all I was conveying yesterday. Okay. There are some reports that these smash-and-grab robberies are being organized on social media platforms. Is the administration doing anything about that? 
Well, we, we are monitoring, of course, these thefts very closely, as we've talked about a bit in here. The videos and reports we're seeing are very troubling. Uh, our state and local law enforcement partners have primary jurisdiction over break-ins and robberies of this kind, but I can say we're aggressively using every resource at our disposal. In terms of how they're being organized or orchestrated, we'd really refer you to our law enforcement authorities, FBI, DOJ, and other local authorities on that. And last one, the reason that I ask, you guys have not been afraid to call out social media companies like when you thought that they were a platform for COVID disinformation you said that that was a public health matter why not call them out for this do you not consider this a public health matter well we believe that there should be investigations that should occur to determine the origin and what prompted uh, any of these uh, thefts and so we've offered the FBI and DOJ are in contact with affected jurisdictions to offer assistance with investigations including in identifying how these incidents are planned and organized uh, and certainly we don't believe any platform should be used to conduct robbery or theft go ahead as you know this right. is a very right. hard day. good job there Steve Ducey I'm sorry what's his name Peter Ducey once again you know crime actually did not go up because of the pandemic uh, when we went into those lockdowns crime actually went down it did. People were off the streets. When did crime skyrocket beyond all recognition? George Floyd and the summer of Black Lives Matter, which the Biden team totally endorsed and exploited and fueled and kept going because it was a way they thought to get into power, to make people of color angry, angry at the status quo, whatever, weaponize, politicize. That horrible moment, George Floyd, was exploited for political. And by the way, as Candace Owens points out, it happens almost every four years or so. Every four years, they latch on to a a matter of uh, police brutality and they hyperbolize it. They run with it. And by the way, the look, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, I saw that tape. I was horrified. Uh now, part of me, you know, look, it's like, okay, wait a second. All right. Everyone's horrified. It's horrible, right? It's horrible. Uh, but then your emotions are supposed to subside and you're supposed to look at it a little bit more clearly, analytically. And then you wonder to yourself, okay, why is he doing that? Why is Chauvin in that position with George Floyd? What's going on there? And then you do a little bit of research. And then you find out that the Minneapolis Police Department had an authorized, sanctioned maneuver to confine someone. Literally, it says out loud, you could use your leg and apply it to someone's neck to hold them in a position. It was in the manual. Now, I don't know what the hell kind of manual is that. And then, you know, you can't breathe. Well, you are breathing Then you see the video, the entire video, and you see that the cops actually were trying to take care of George Floyd at one point. He was panicking when they put him in the back of the police car. He begged to be put on the ground. Put me on the ground. Put me on the ground. So they put him on the ground. They were trying to take care of him, at least the three first guys. Now, were there other options available? Of course. But you're not going to learn it on cable news. And everyone's so sensitive. Uh Uh-oh, you say the wrong thing. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. And who's more afraid of that than anybody? People in media. Uh Uh-oh, said the wrong thing. Here comes the mob. 
Here comes the mob. Uh, but the mob moves on pretty fast. And the parameters are much bigger than most people in media realize. The truth should never get you in trouble. Should never get you in trouble. But actually, it can get you in trouble. It shouldn't, but it can. One other thing about that, just recall, I guess the Chauvin pleaded guilty to civil rights, uh, federal civil rights crimes against George Floyd. The other three cops who were involved, they'll be, uh, their trial starts in March. There's a lot. Don't be surprised if Chauvin gets that case uh, thrown out on appeal. Don't be surprised. It's been misportrayed, misrepresented by our friends in the media. And when have they done that before? Hmm? Gail in Staten Island, hello. Hi, Greg. I was listening to you before talk about uh, Wallace. You know, I think that the ratings brought him down. He was he didn't ask good questions. He was unfair. He was a political hack. And I think they gave him a nice way out. And who's going to pay to watch him? The days of Crosshammer uh, and um, Tim Russett, that Todd couldn't fill his seat. They're all unhumble. And that's what I have to say. Unhumble. I agree with you. They are, uh, and you'd mentioned Charles Krauthammer. Wow, that guy was fantastic. And, uh, and Tim Russert, he was pretty good too. He was pretty good too. The late, great Tim Russert. Well, uh, look, we don't have to, we don't need these guys anymore. We have access to the information ourselves. I mean, when's the last time anybody sat down and actually watched Fox News Sunday? I could care less about that show and Wallace. The thing that I really, because we're still living with, uh, the, the results of that stupid debate that he ran. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe a lot of things would have been different if he didn't cheat. Thank you, Gail. Uh, Alfred in Yonkers. Uh, hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Um, hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Um, it's nice talking to you again. I, I love you because you're for the truth and, and you see things the, you know for what they really are. And I just wanted to say I, I, I love Trump and I hope he makes a comeback. He was definitely railroaded you know, by the fake news, and COVID was created to eradicate Trump, I believe. I know it sounds wacky, but... Um, it's not the wackiest thing I ever heard. What else do you want to say? And, and I just want to say that, that of course, January 6th, you know, they're, they're gaslighting us. The left is gaslighting us, and they want us to believe that what Trump said, he meant the opposite of. You know, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, uh, you say gaslighting. They love to say that word gaslighting on, on, on MSNBC. Can you tell us what gaslighting actually means? It's, it's actually, it's, it's when they try to fool you. You know, it's, it's like they, they, they want you to believe that you're actually a kook. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Alfred, you called back. I had you on the phone 10 minutes ago. Why did you yeah. hang up on me? You know, that kind of thing. Alfred, you hung up on yeah. me. You called here. And then you start to think, well, did I? Did I hang up? Am I crazy? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, pal. I got to go. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. That uh, terrible tornado tore through Kentucky. Dozens, scores of people dead, including the six Amazon workers 
We talked about this on the Newsmax show last night. I'm getting a lot of attention for, quite frankly, online because I went after Jeff Bezos. Now, Jeff Bezos uh, had a great idea in the 90s, and wow, he changed the world. You can look up pictures of Bezos in the 90s. He looked like a really nice guy. You know, a regular guy, too. He's wearing khakis and a button-down blue shirt. He's surrounded by books, and he's trying to make that business work, and he did. Good for him. Um, but now, look at him. He's wearing, like, uh, this space suit. He's got these uh, the sunglasses on. Uh, he's all shaved, uh, his head, and uh, he looks kind of like, I didn't come up with this, people on social media, he looks like Dr. Evil a little bit from the Austin Powers movies. This is what uh, $200 billion in unlimited power will do to you. I mean, give me a break. He's so full of himself. And this space program that he's got going, I put space in quotes because he's not really even going into space. You notice you never hear anything about reentry. You know, ooh, those vital minutes when they're reentering the Earth's atmosphere because they never leave the Earth's atmosphere. They're going 60 miles up. That's not space. Alan Shepard went 120 miles up in 1961. That's space. Not 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 half the distance. That's not space. Anyway, his his ego is getting totally out of control, and he went with the crew. I guess they launched from Texas, while while they buried the body. While they went looking for the bodies in the wreckage at that Amazon warehouse where they were killed. Now, there's all kinds of word that. The Amazon employees were prevented from leaving the warehouse. We don't have the final word on this, but that doesn't sound right. I mean, the last place you really want to be in a tornado is uh, in a tin can, uh, a warehouse. Those aren't particularly – they're not known for their sturdiness, are they? It's the same thing that they make the uh, the trailers out of. You know what happens with a trailer in a hurricane or in a tornado. So big problems there, very big problems and Bezos goes ahead with this stupid space launch with Michael Strahan, big ego, big ego trip for all of them. And here's the thing, though. I noticed when Jeff Bezos went to space himself, remember with his brother a few months ago during the summer, he went into space? Well, I, don't, I didn't notice this at first, but then I actually did notice it. All the people he went to space with happened to have white skin. I didn't notice it. Until he got back, and they're all having a great time, and they're making speeches about how awesome space was. And then he gets up and he makes this announcement out of totally nowhere. And then I'm like, oh, boy, talk about woke. Talk about virtue signal. Listen to this. We have two awardees today. They'll each be getting $100 million to direct to the charities of their choice as they see fit. No bureaucracy. No committees. No, they just do what they want. They can give it all to their own charity or they can share the wealth. It's up to them. And the first uh, Courage and Civility Award goes to Van Jones. Van, come on up. <laughs> Van Jones. He's a talking head on CNN. He's a con man. All right. I mean, he's just a huckster. He got fired by the Obama administration. He was too socialist for the Obama administration. Now, he happens to be black, and that's the key. That's the key. That's the virtue signal, okay? Can you name another reason why they would give Van – four white guys just went into space. They can't do that anymore. 
you got to have diversity. And if you don't have diversity, you got to write a great big fat check to a guy like Van Jones for his civility. And I've got example after example of this guy being totally outraged, totally crazy on TV, saying the most horrible things about people he disagrees with. It's just, it's incredible. A hundred million dollars for the civility of Van Jones. It doesn't get crazier. It doesn't get more warped. That's our culture right now. Hey, it's not like we can just write this off. Oh, it's just a freaky guy. Uh, who cares? Amazon is now more important than Joe Biden. It has a greater effect and impact on your life. People are getting on my case. Hey, why are you taking on Jeff Bezos? I'm like, well, what do you mean? What difference does that make? You realize how powerful this guy is? I'm like, well, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. What, 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 uh, you realize he's in charge of media and he's going to be in charge of even more media? And then I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't think about that. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm the only one sounding the alarm about his obtuseness. I think that, that goes for having a space launch when they still haven't found the bodies in his own warehouse. And they've got some convoluted system. Uh, you know, they pay these people next to nothing. And then I think they have them like they're only contractors. And it's, you know, I'm sorry. He knows nothing about leadership. He may lead the biggest company in the world, but he knows nothing about leadership. And I hear working there is really a a weird experience. These guys are brilliant. They have one idea, and then they think they're brilliant in everything else. They're not. They're not at all. You know what I mean, Bill? Uh, he's in Oakdale, New York. Hi. Hey, Greg. Thank you for thank you for your service in the military, and um, I'm a big fan. I'm calling about the vaccine mandates. Yeah. Sorry, you've already moved on to other topics, but um, that's all right. I want to know how come. I I want to know how come our politicians haven't mandated that those on welfare, um, food stamps, and unemployment have to be vaccinated. Well, number one, I don't like mandates, and I don't want them man. I don't want. I don't want them picked on because they are on on food stamps or welfare or anything like that. I don't want them singled out for that. So I think that's a bad idea. I don't know what you're getting at. I mean, I take it you don't like mandates, but you're saying they should. They should like start it. with them. I don't like them either. They should start with them. Well, number That's one, I, you, know, you know what? We're quickly finding out that these mandates are illegal. You can't do it through OSHA. Uh, you know, the Fifth Circuit said this is a no-go. It's not going to work. So that I think what you're talking about, they, they may have looked at it. I think it's illegal. But more than that, Bill, it's just not right. You know what I mean? All you right. know that, right? I, I don't like the mandates either, but if those of us that have to work, have to be mandated. How come those that get to sit home and yeah, do nothing? Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? Lots of people. There are people out there who want to work who can't. There are all kinds of things. I don't know. I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to take it out on them. I don't want anybody to be mandated, especially. Have you ever been in, at, at the at the store when somebody has to take out food stamps? I have not. Been, I've, no. I've been out. I, I've seen that. And uh, sometimes uh, sometimes it's it's difficult for them. And my heart goes out for them, and I hope you're not in that position ever. Thank you, Bill. No, I appreciate it, though. Uh, I I don't like that kind of mandate, though. Uh, Mark in Ringwood, New Jersey. Hey, Greg. How are you? It's uh, great. Sorry for asking. How are you? Uh, It's great to talk to you. Uh, I'd like to wonder if Van Jones was the first pick of uh, the minority to go up there. But more importantly, 
Robert Kennedy Jr. just put a book out about two weeks ago, The Real Anthony Fauci. It's the number one bestseller. It sold out at every major bookseller anywhere. If, if more people would read this book and more of the news channels would, would advertise for it, this, this COVID could be the worst crime in United States history, if not world history, if everything in that book is true. And he cites his sources. There are transcripts from meetings with the FDA. That book is damning. I encourage everybody to read it. Chapter one, I'm throwing up already. Uh, I can't even get past there. All right. Hey, I appreciate it. We're actually having uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on my show on the Newsmax uh, side uh, either this week or next week. Uh, those are We're going to have him on the show. I'm going to read the book. I've been hearing about this book a lot. So, the author will be on next week. Now, he's a crazy liberal in a lot of other respects, but uh, he may be onto something here. I'm looking forward to talking with him. Thanks, excuse me, Mark, for uh, letting me know or reminding me. And, uh, oh, I got to tell you about how to fall asleep. It usually works. Give me a second. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Oh, so this trick on falling asleep, its uh, I've used it in the past. Sometimes I forget. i got to try it again. I've not been trying it lately, but it works. It actually works. So you know when you're dreaming, think of any dream you've had. Are your dreams like mine where they kind of don't make sense? There are random kind of characters and issues and things that don't make sense in the conscious world, but somehow they make sense in your dream, like – one dream I know I've had, I'm, uh, I'm playing basketball, one-on-one basketball with Ronald Reagan, and we're walking in a field of Fig Newtons, Fig Newton cookies, and he's on my case about why I broke the TV and he can't watch uh, Sesame Street. Stuff like that just makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, if I think about those things that make no sense, because there's that moment between consciousness and sleep where you're almost aware of your dream and you can kind of nothing actually makes sense. So if you start thinking things that don't make sense, another one I like is um, I'm driving in a moon buggy with uh, the weatherman on TV and, uh, you know, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and, and, and you're driving through, say, uh, the desert, and all of a sudden there's a McDonald's uh, uh, grocery store. Notice I said grocery store, not, not, not a fast food place. It's got to be weird and different and unusual and doesn't make sense. If you start consciously thinking those kinds of things, your mind drifts off more easily, more readily, to the stuff in your dreams that also does not make sense. Know what I mean? I hope so. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, uh, but I got to do something to fall asleep earlier. It's either that or NyQuil. I'm doing something. Uh, I'm going to try tonight. I want to be in bed with the lights out at 10 o'clock. The worst thing in the world you can do around 10 o'clock is grab the iPad or the phone and start scrolling around. You get all worked up. Um Eric Adams is back from Ghana, our new mayor. I wonder if he brought back uh, some weed with him, some marijuana. I know he's a big pot smoker, told us all on TV, uh, showed us his marijuana. He told us how excited he was to smoke up after the show with his new friend, Stephen Colbert. He said that it's legal. I guess it's legal. I, I don't know. I know that everybody seems to be smoking it, especially kids. 
I also know that it's not good for kids. I really know that. I remember there was a kid I grew up with, and uh, we had a, we had some good times. And uh, then I saw him ten years later, and I'm like, "Hey, remember that time we did such and such?" And he's like, "No." Oh, what about the time this happened? No, <laughs> he couldn't remember anything because he was stoned. Not 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 when I saw him ten years later, but back then when he was he was smoking out. It's one of the reasons why we didn't stay close. He was doing too much pot. I couldn't do that. I was, you know, my dad was a cop. I didn't feel comfortable. And I also didn't know what, what are people trying to escape from? What are they trying to relax from? You know, this is the only world we got. Life. Life's pretty interesting. It is. If you engage a little bit more, if you reach out, we got to reach out to each other. There's always a reason to not reach out. There's always a reason to not get involved, you know, with your coworkers, with your neighbors, whatever. We got to encourage each other. We got to encourage each other. We got to look more at each other and not look at Netflix, not look at the swamp show, whatever that, no, squid game. Where's that going to get you? I know what it's like to watch a TV show and like it. So what? It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make the world better. It just makes you a little drone. Know what I mean? Um, all right, let's go through these real fast. Uh, oh, Stella is uh, on the phone. Hi. Oh, hi, hey. Uh, really quick, so there's just a couple of... Uh, I was talking about you earlier in the show. Did you hear that? No, because I tuned in late. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I tuned in late. But um, just a couple of quick comments. You're First not curious all, about what I said about you? Okay, go ahead. No, never mind. Uh, what, okay. what, what do you have to say? <laughs> so um, I'm really happy that you're going to have uh, RFK Jr. On your, on your show. I think it's fantastic. But I want to tell you, I heard, and I could be mistaken, but I don't think I am, he said he was a libertarian. Um, he believes in limiting the size and scope of government. So I don't think he's a total liber- liberal. He well, when it comes to the environment, when it comes to the environment, he's, oh, a yeah, bit, he's like a, a, off the – and you know, there are a lot of other – hey, look, I don't have to agree with everybody about everything. No, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I, I look forward to his book. Uh, yes, and the quick other thing about Bezos is, you know, I've hated Bezos for many years. Again, not because he makes money. It has nothing to do with that. First of all, I never ordered anything from Amazon and never – So why do you hate him? His philosophy, you know, I knew a couple of people that worked for Amazon and they were not, the employees apparently are not treated that well. I'm not talking about the higher up, yeah. but you know, the warehouse workers and all. Um, and someone told me that for Christmas, the, some of the, the loyal employees, the, the, you know, the lower, I guess, employees got a $25 gift certificate for a turkey while he was signing, giving a $500 sign-on bonus to new people that, you know, came on board. Mm. So imagine that. Yeah. No, sounds like the uh, boss at Ralph Cramden. Remember that? The boss yes. gave him all a skinny chicken. Um, no, <laughs> so, that's interesting, Stella. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, stay watching the Newsmax show because uh, what's his name? RFK Jr. is going to be on soon. Um, Chris in Brooklyn. Hello, Greg. Yes. Where's your wallet? What do you have it? Oh, I don't have it. Well, why do you call? Why do you? What, 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 How many what? days has it been missing? Two. You said that you might have left it in a tray when you're going through a metal detector. Yeah. You, you insinuated that. Yeah. Coming into the building where yeah. you work, Chris. You got this little. Uh, you got this thing about you, like you know something. Do you know something? You're either gonna. You know, you would have got it already if you left it there. You know, I got a feeling what you did with it. I got a feeling you accidentally threw it away in the trash and you don't even know it. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no, that's not true. I didn't throw it in the trash. I didn't even know it. Uh, 
What the hell is he talking about? Pamela in New Jersey. Oh, hi. Uh, real quick, The Origin of Gaslight, an no, old I movie know. with Charles, Charles Boyer and Ingrid Bergman. He was trying to drive her crazy yeah. back in the Victorian days, and he would dim the lights, the gaslight, and say, oh, no, they're not dim. That's where the term gaslight, when you're trying to uh, mess somebody with their head. Yeah, I actually saw that movie. It's a good movie. It's fun. The guy marries her for her money and then tries to make her crazy, right? Right, right. It was uh, really good. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Speaking of Amazon, you can get it on Amazon. I think that's where I saw it. All right. Hey, Rich, I thank you for calling. Pamela, thank you. And, uh, yeah, check uh, gaslighting. I don't know if it's worth it or not. Uh, thanks. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.